0: Hello, you're listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm, and I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a physician and a life coach for physicians and other professionals. In this podcast, we look at why, as physicians, we often get stuck in feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and burnout, and how we can break out of toxic thought patterns. My hope is that each episode gives you an opportunity to heal and get more clear on how you want to show up in your life and your work. And now let's get started. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about self-compassion in the face of criticism. And in in my experience uh, coaching mostly women physicians, this comes up a lot in our experience. And a very common scenario is a woman physician who often is a caregiver as well for Uh, people at home and working incredibly hard at all the tasks she's doing. So whether she is taking care of kids or an elder or at work and running around trying to take the best care of her patients and, you know, show up for her colleagues and, and staff members and just running around with this sense of, working incredibly hard, never quite feeling good enough at any of the one areas when she focuses on them and feeling, you know, usually um, overwhelmed, burned out, stressed uh, without much of a self-care practice. So that's a pretty common scenario where people come to me. And if we add in moments or or longer than moments where that woman is facing criticism, usually in the workplace, it adds a tremendous layer of stress and often self-judgment on top of all the things. So if you imagine yourself in this place, right, being, being this person working incredibly hard, uh, you know, with this sort of never ending sense of not feeling good enough. And then there is criticism and the criticism could be any number of things, right? It could be that there was some decision-making that, uh, you know, didn't work out well. It could be that there um, is irritability or frustration that is coming out and being seen as negative or, you know, not friendly to the team or even toxic, uh, you know, a very common label that, that women receive And so, you know, we're in this scenario of working incredibly hard, not feeling good enough at baseline, usually very high performing and then criticism. And it can feel like hitting rock bottom for, for women. And and I've been through that and um, it's, it's quite isolating and damaging. And I want to talk about something that we don't hear enough about, which is actually the practice of self-compassion with some very practical tips on how to be helping yourself, rather than sort of dealing with this, you know, in sort of our usual way, which often is, again, self-judgment. So in in preparing this, I was rereading a section in Brené Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, where she references Dr. Kristin Neff's work. Dr. Kristin Neff is a PhD and research professor at the University of Texas in Austin, And she has really devoted her career to studying self-compassion in humans. And she really breaks down self-compassion to three primary components, which we'll get into in a little bit more detail. Um, But if you haven't heard uh, Dr. Kristin Neff speak or read any of her books, I do highly recommend that you head over to her website and check her out. If you just Google search uh, Dr. Kristin Neff, N E F F, you will find her and I'll put links to um, her website in the show notes. And she has a number of wonderful books out as well. But the three components that she talks about as part, you know, essential parts really of self compassion are number one, self kindness, number two, common humanity, and number three, mindfulness. And we're going to get into, you know, kind of a bit of nitty gritty on each of those components. So let's start off with self-kindness. And I, I think when people hear the word self-compassion, um, self-kindness is kind of the thing that comes up, right? How How are we to ourselves? Are we being kind to ourselves? Or are we being, you know, very judgmental and our self-talk is very mean and along the lines, you shouldn't have done that. You're a terrible person. I can't believe you did this again. You know, just feeling all of that negativity. What self-kindness looks like is more commonly the way that you would speak to a friend, a loved one, um, you know, a patient, anybody that you encountered who was experiencing a difficult time you know, that, that compassionate reassurance of, of course you feel this way. I understand it's so normal for you to feel this way. It makes sense that you feel this way. So if you can imagine being in this scenario where you're facing criticism, um, you know, regardless of, of the content of the criticism, we're going to put that aside for now, but Whether or not it was, quote unquote, your fault, isn't really relevant here because we're really talking about the self-compassion piece in response to the experience of being criticized. So, you know, with the self-kindness piece here, can you imagine saying to yourself, it makes sense that you're feeling hurt by this criticism? It doesn't feel good when people say those kinds of things about you. I understand that you're feeling upset by those words. Now, a lot of us may or may not want to admit the sort of voices and, um, you know, kind of thought ideas that run through our head that are often, you know, quite negative and shaming you know, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm terrible. We may not really sort of acknowledge that that kind of messaging is going on, but most human beings in research studies will report that they do have that kind of dialogue with themselves. And so that's what I refer to as um, the self-talk, but can you imagine if that self-talk was intentional and kind for a change? Take yourself back to a stressful time, perhaps in medical school or college. Maybe you didn't do well on a test. Can you imagine saying to yourself, I understand that you're upset. It makes sense that you're upset. You were hoping to do well on that test and you didn't. It's okay. We're going to be okay. The same way that you might hear those words from someone outside of yourself who loves you and cares about you. So in developing a self kindness practice as part of practicing self compassion, this is a really essential piece, right? That instead of being critical and negative and judgmental towards ourselves, we start to begin the process of soothing ourselves by acknowledging the feelings, acknowledging the hurt, that goes along with it and really just leaning into the kindness. The next really important piece in the self-compassion practice is common humanity. And this is the idea that we need to call out that the experience we're having of receiving the criticism is something that all human beings experience. Yes, there may be different degrees of it. Um, yes, you know sometimes criticism is justified and sometimes it's not. There's all manner of things in there, but human beings do not like to be criticized, and the only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing, to say nothing, to not not interact with other human beings. Like truly, to be all alone on an island, perhaps by yourself. So often in experiences that trigger shame, right? That trigger guilt and judgment, regardless of let's say culpability with relationship to the criticism, right? Again, we're putting aside that idea. It doesn't matter if you, you truly performed the action or not, you received the criticism and that's really what we're focusing on. We, when we feel shame, we often feel as though we want to hide. We want to not be seen. We want to be alone. And even though part of us is really craving for connection because connection helps to reduce shame, we are feeling that we're unworthy of being a part of the group. And so we, we often withdraw here in the self-compassion practice, recognizing that importance of connection, that identifying that, yeah, this is something that all humans experience. All humans receive criticism at different parts in their life. And all, all human beings feel pain in response to criticism at times, right? Maybe not all criticism produces the same level of pain, but it is it is generally considered uh, an unpleasant experience to receive criticism, especially, um, you know, in certain settings. So let's recognize the common humanity. And this is where it is so helpful to have people in your life that you regularly share difficult experiences with, that you trust to be able to hear your story and to be able to you know, reflect compassion back to you. So that, that may be a very small number of people for most of us, but really you know, acknowledging that you are not alone and you're not alone in your experience of the discomfort of being criticized and you are not alone in receiving criticism. All of those things are really crucial here in being self compassionate. And again, you know, opportunities where you can connect with a human being that you trust, who can listen to you and not project judgment back on you, but just be there with love and compassion and empathy is really important. Um, that's where the power of a lot of group coaching programs in particular comes in, you know, especially with people who are experiencing common struggles. So there are a growing number, for example, of women physician coaching groups, and this common humanity piece is a really critical piece of them because when, when women in those communities are coming together to share their common struggles, they realize that it is not just them. I've experienced this in many groups that I've been a participant in, as well as groups that I'm facilitating, and it really does do a lot to lessen our distress uh, in response to stressors, including criticism, to build our self-compassion practice. The next and final piece of Dr. Neff's uh, definition of self-compassion is mindfulness, And she has a really wonderful take on mindfulness that is different from what most people may, you know, sort of be thinking. When I say the words mindfulness, a lot of people think about meditation practices. And then, in my experience, a lot of people jump to, well, I can't sit still. My mind's too crazy. Uh, Yeah, I tried that once, it didn't work. Her definition of mindfulness is really, really quite powerful and has to do more with recognizing uh you know our negative emotions so not numbing them away not resisting them not pretending that those emotions are not there you know really just allowing them to be yeah i'm feeling sad yeah i'm feeling frustrated i'm irritable i'm you know i'm in grief i'm embarrassed i feel shame acknowledging those negative emotions um, and choosing not to numb them away, but also not over-identifying with those thoughts and feelings. So for example, if I'm feeling shame about the criticism, I'm not going to so identify with the shame that I let it swallow me up for days and weeks at a time and, you know, completely withdraw from others and, and really take the criticism as a sign that, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not good enough to be doing my work. I'm not good enough to be this or that. I'm not good enough to parent my children. Um, that is over identifying with that negative emotion. And that's quite different from, acknowledging to yourself, I feel shame. Yeah. It, it feels shameful to be criticized, especially when I feel like I'm working so hard and I'm, I'm feeling undervalued and I'm feeling not recognized for the contributions I'm making. And I feel tired and overwhelmed, right? When you're, when you're in that place and you get hit by a new negative emotion it's easy for it to feel like it's too big, it's too much. And often that occurs because many of us have been so well-trained to sort of numb our emotions, to shove them down, to really ignore them and pretend that they're not there in the face of professionalism. And I really see that, that this mindfulness piece is very important to us being able to develop a self-compassion practice. So, you know, again, to sort of drill into that a little bit further, if you, you know, especially as a physician or another healthcare provider, have been exquisitely trained to sort of ignore your emotions, to push through, um, to pretend that you're not feeling sad on behalf of your patient, to pretend that you are not feeling irritable or frustrated, Uh, to just appear happy and pleasant at all times. And especially if you've been, you know, socialized as a woman or socialized as, you know, some kind of uh, a minority or subservient sort of status in any culture, including medicine, but also in society. Um, There's a number of components that go into that, but, you know, if your messaging has been that you should be pleasant and happy or not show any other emotions, then you are used to numbing your feelings because the feelings still happen. And I think that, you know, in the name of professionalism, we have often been taught to, um, you know, suppress our feelings. And it's true that it may not be appropriate to you know, express extreme sadness with every patient encounter that you know that that could happen. But it is important to allow yourself to feel the feelings at some point, right? Not to constantly be shoving them down, pretending they don't exist. Because of course, then we find ourselves in situations like this, where a new negative emotion, say the shame in response to criticism, feels like it sweeps us away, and then we over-identify. So, you can see that sometimes, um, you know, especially in, in what I notice in many women physicians that I work with, we have a history of sort of numbing and shoving down emotions and doing that to the extent where we hit a place where another new sort of negative emotion layered on top of that is something that sort of sweeps us away. It's too much. And that is that over-identifying piece, right? We feel shame. Therefore, we are, you know, worthy only of shame. We are shameful. We should be ashamed. We are over-identifying with that emotion rather than saying to ourselves, I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling shame from being criticized. It makes sense that I feel shame and going through really that self-kindness piece. So I hope this has been helpful, you know, really thinking about the three components of self-compassion, self-kindness. How do we talk to ourselves? Can you talk to yourself as though you were talking to a friend that you love who is going through a time of struggle, who has been criticized? Can you talk to yourself that way? It makes sense that you feel this way. I love you and it's okay. Common humanity, can we recognize the universalness of criticism and our desire to not be criticized? That is common to all humans. And it is common to us as healthcare providers, especially as healthcare providers with perfectionistic habits, we do not want to be criticized and we may feel like we are the only one We are not the only one. So really leaning into finding people that it is safe to share your story with, but also to remind yourself, even in moments when you're alone, I'm not the only one who has experienced this, is experienced this, will experience this common humanity. And then third, mindfulness, being able to notice and name our emotions being able to not try and numb them away or resist them and not over-identifying with them. They don't have to take over our entire existence. We can acknowledge them, recognize them, be kind to ourselves through them and work our way through resolving the emotion in in a healthy way. So I hope that this helps to give you an idea of how you might start to build your self-compassion skills. And Dr. Neff um, has a self-compassion score uh, or scale that is available through her website, which will also be linked in the notes. If you want to check and see right now, how are you in terms of self-compassion right now? And if you, you know, take some steps towards building up a self-compassion practice by using these three skills, um, you know, are you able to improve? Are you able to be more compassionate with yourself as a tool for helping yourself through burnout, through over, excuse me, overwhelmed through times when you're feeling really busy and stressed. This kind of work, of course, can be quite profound and life-changing. It, it can absolutely benefit from the help of a coach or other kind of support network in a structured way, but it is work that we can choose to dip our toes into on our own. And I hope that you will um, choose to move forward with one of these things. Can you imagine how much more pleasant your life would be If you were able to be kinder to yourself, if you were able to, you know, lift away some of the self-judgment and the self-criticism that are sort of baked into us after going through medical training, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Please be sure to um, subscribe to the podcast so that others have an easier time finding it. And if, um, if my words resonate with you, um, I sincerely encourage you to set up a, uh, a mini session with me where we can talk about what it would be like to work together and see if we're a good fit. Uh, as you can tell, this is something that I'm quite passionate about. And the reason that I'm passionate about it is because I have gone through it and I recognize how important it is to be able to help ourselves through difficult feelings in order to live a better life. Not only, um, you know, can we better sort of understand and process our negative emotions, but in doing so we actually open up more space for more joy, more gratitude. Um, And it's really, it's really quite profound. So, You can reach me at www.healthierforgood.com or uh, reach me on Facebook or Instagram at Megan Mello MD. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great rest of your day. for listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm. If you've learned something today or felt moved, please share this episode with a colleague and be sure to like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode yourself. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching practice, you can find more information at www.healthierforgood.com. Until next time, take care.